Welcome to the Washington Health Report Special Edition. What do American doctors think about a national health care system? Here's one opinion. See if you recognize this voice. One thing that surprised me in a positive way while making this film is how many doctors now in the United States support socialized medicine. That did not used to be the case. They were the biggest fighters and opponents of it. They now realize that they've been had. You know, they supported the HMOs in the beginning. They thought manage care, keep the cost down, we'll make, insurance companies said, you know, you'll make more money, we'll make more money, we'll all make more money by providing less care. Well, really what the insurance companies were gonna do is make sure that the doctors didn't get paid either. Not only the patient can't get their operation paid for or whatever, if you go to a doctor's office in this country, if you went to a doctor's office 30 years ago, there'd be one person behind the window taking your appointments and checking you out and all that, right? Now they've got five or six. If you go, right, there's five or six sitting behind the glass window doing all the paperwork on the phone. You can hear them yelling, screaming with the HMO, fighting to get a $20 bill paid. Doctors have been ruined by this system. They have been demoralized by the system. And now they are the biggest supporters of real change. And that is a great thing to have happened. Many of you may have figured that out. That was documentary filmmaker Michael Moore talking about his new film, Sicko, a searing critique of the U.S. healthcare system. Moore believes that a growing number of consumers, as well as increasing number of physicians, are ready for change. And he hopes his film will encourage the U.S. to adopt a national health system like those in use in virtually all other industrialized nations. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. And in this special edition of the Washington Health Report, we're going to talk about Sicko and some of the issues it raises. First, a word about the film. Sicko is not about the nearly 50 million Americans without health insurance. It's about the rest of us who have health insurance and who think our medical bills will be taken care of. In the film, Moore unearths Watergate tapes in which President Richard Nixon says he's not too keen on any of these medical programs. But he decides to support HMOs because, as he tells John Ehrlichman, quote, all the incentives are toward less medical care, unquote. And that's what Richard Nixon wanted. Moore talks in his film to Dr. Linda Pino, a former medical reviewer at Humana, who says the definition of a good medical reviewer there was someone who could save the company a lot of money. A payment for a claim, she tells Moore, is referred to as a medical loss. Then Moore takes us on a tour of Canada, France, and England, talking to doctors and patients who seem very happy with their national health care systems or who laugh at the idea of paying for health care out of their own pocket. He makes a compelling case that the national health systems of Canada, England, and France are far superior to our private health insurance system. But is Michael Moore too polarizing to be a catalyst for change? He says he's not. Most Americans, conservatives and liberals, would say those 9 million children who go uninsured in this country, we should at least say that children have a right to see a doctor and not have to worry about paying for it. I think I'd find agreement on that across the entire political spectrum. So why do those few remaining voices in support of the war and in support of Mr. Bush continue to attack me? They would attack me if I opened up a factory that produced American flags. As Moore says, doctors in America are increasingly frustrated with our health care system. But one of doctors' traditional objections to a national health care system is the understandable fear that it would squeeze their paychecks. In Sicko, Moore asks a British physician how he is doing financially under the British national health care system. Let's listen. 
So you have like a family practice of... Yeah, it's an NHS practice. We have nine doctors within that practice. And You're paid for by the government? Yeah. Paid for by the government, So you yeah. work for the government? Oh, yeah, You're absolutely. You're a government-paid government doctor. So working for the government, you, you probably have to use public transportation? No, so I have, a, I have a car. Kind of rough part of town, or...? I live in a terrific part of town. It's called Greenwich. It's a, it's a lovely house. It's a, it's a three-story house. Uh, how much do you pay for that? <laughs> 550,000, yeah, so... Pounds? Yeah. So a million dollars? Yes, absolutely. So doctors do not, in America do not necessarily have to fear having a universal health care. No, I think if you want to have two or three million dollar homes and four or five nice cars and six or seven nice televisions, then maybe, yeah, you need to practice somewhere where you can earn that. So, did Moore paint an overly optimistic portrait of other countries' health care systems? Here's Dr. Colleen Flood, a health policy expert at the University of Toronto. We asked her about the Canadian system. Well, I think in general what the physician from the UK said is true, that doctors, for example, in Canada and the United States and in most of the developed world do fairly well, you know, relative to other professions, for example, lawyers or engineers. There's certainly no sense that they are paid significantly less than other equivalent professionals in those jurisdictions. But of course, you know, some folks would always like to be paid more, so it's a question of distribution. But on average, physicians are paid well in Canada and relatively well in the UK and other jurisdictions. Michael Moore paints a very rosy picture of the systems in Canada, England and France. You're Canadian and uh, let's take Canada as an example. Is it a good system? Does it have problems? Do you think it's better than the U.S. system? Going back in order, it is, in my view, better than the U.S. healthcare system. But most systems in the developed world, unlike the, unlike the United States, try to cover everybody. And so that's a fundamental difference between the United States and every other developed country. But every country has its problems, and you kind of try to pick, you know, which problems you want to take on. And so it's not that Canada doesn't have some issues that we're trying to deal with, but on average I think we have a very well-functioning healthcare system that Canadian patients are well pleased with and the, and the public are, depending on their mood, very happy with or somewhat happy with. If I pushed you to say what are the problems in the Canadian system, just briefly, what would you tick off? Well, as with every system, this is just not a Canadian problem, but with every system there's concerns about how will we fund this into the future. And that's not just a particular Canadian problem, but it's a UK problem, it's a Swiss problem, it's a French problem, and it's also a problem in the United States. Right, uh, And then the other problem that we have is people are concerned about how long they might have to wait for treatment, and we're busy trying to tackle that on all fronts. So often the problems that folks perceive aren't perhaps as bad as what they really are when they get there. When they get into the system, generally Canadian patients are very, very pleased with it, but sometimes they're a bit anxious about whether the system will be there for them. Well, you're in Toronto. You're not far away. You can almost see us across Lake Ontario on a clear day. Uh, Why do you think that we are an exception to the rule among developed countries? It's a product of history, I guess. These national health care systems in the developed world, most of them came to pass just after the Depression. Canada was a slow starter in that regard. It was the same as the United States up until the mid-60s. And uh, if you look at all the charts and graphs, you see we were, we were going along and around the same kind of trajectory in terms of spending and people who didn't have insurance and doctors who had to take payments and, you know, hens and eggs and this kind of stuff. 
But then their sort of forces kind of came together at that point in time to, in Canada to create national health insurance. And um, for whatever reason, those same forces didn't come together in the United States. And, and then we went on to two quite different paths. But I guess, you know, with everything, change is very difficult. Once people are used to a kind of a their kind of system, they assume that that's always the only kind of system you can have, that that must be the best system because that's the system they're in. And obviously some folks will do really well out of it and some folks will do really bad out of it. And it's always very difficult to change. And I don't know if you've been paying attention to our presidential campaign at all, but have any of the candidates mentioned a health plan that you like? Any of them, in my personal view, that would have the aspiration of giving all Americans the security of health insurance would be a very, you know, would be a wonderful step forward. And, you know, one way or another, you're going to pay for those folks because they're going to wind up in your accident needing care and, and you can't turn them away. So one way or another, you're going to have to pay for it. Why not do it in a more humane and upfront kind of way? So what are we to make of Michael Moore's film, Sicko? Moore thinks it might, just might, spark a change in the American healthcare system which he thinks most Americans are ready for. Moore's three principles of a new U.S. healthcare system are these. Number one, health care for life for all Americans. Number two, abolish private for-profit insurance companies. And number three, regulate drug company profits like a public utility. The first of those, health care for all Americans, isn't so controversial. It has widespread support. The others would face huge political obstacles and are probably non-starters. But should we dismiss sicko? Should we reflexively oppose more government involvement in health care? As Moore points out, we welcome government-run public schools, government-run fire departments and police departments. Nobody expects police or fire departments or schools to make a profit. So why do we expect medical care to be profitable? It's a social good that we want to provide to all our citizens. The healthcare systems in France, England, and Canada may not be as good as Moore says. Our own system might not be as bad as he claims. But before we dismiss him, perhaps we should question all the things that we think we know about our healthcare system. We like to say that we have the best healthcare system in the world. In some ways, that's true, and in some ways, it's not. We like to think that private enterprise is always more efficient than government. Again, a better answer is sometimes yes, sometimes no. The number of uninsured Americans is rising. Insurance is becoming more expensive and harder to get. As Moore points out eloquently in Sicko, even having insurance is not always a guarantee of good medical care. We might agree with Michael Moore or not, but if he gets us to question what we think we know about health care, he's helped us take the first step toward making it better. This is Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, a special edition on Michael Moore's film, Sicko. Comments, questions, your own opinions, send us an email, xm at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.